0: And welcome to Jeanette's TV and Jeanette's TV podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Burke. And today we're welcoming Lance Hendrickson, a very well-known actor in the sci-fi and horror genre. And he's going to talk to us about how he was able to sustain a career that began in 1960. Now, you may know it. Lance from a variety of different uh, projects he's been featured in. And he's going to talk to us a little bit more about that too. But mainly, he is uh, the Bishop in the Alien franchise. He's also Ed Harley in the Pumpkinhead cult classic and Fred Black in Millennials, which is a cult and TV series. Uh, sorry, crime and TV series. Anyway, we'll be right back to talk with Lance after this brief message. So I wanna remind you that if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that way you will never miss one of our episodes. You can also help us out by supporting us on Patreon, our account link can be found in the link in the description below. No donation is too big or too small as we continue to bring you inspiring content. And you can also support us by purchasing either a Jeanette's TV t-shirt or sweatshirt. They're premium quality. And you have a choice. You can get it with the JTV um, logo and tagline or you can choose an inspirational saying made by me and one of the guests in a previous episode here's the good news whatever you choose includes shipping and handling and we send it straight to your front door so you don't even have to get out and go anywhere to get these great t-shirts and sweatshirts okay now back to my interview with Lance Hendrickson. Lance, welcome to Jeanette's TV and podcast.
1: Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. Now, I find you a very inspirational actor and man, as you are now in your 80s and you continue to work constantly, maybe more so than other people who didn't even have as much work as you did the past two years throughout COVID, with film, with with um animations voiceovers i mean really there's nothing you don't do right that's pretty and my true. <laughs> my question is how were you able to sustain such a long and promising career what's your secret to success
1: i i, I think it's probably because i came from new york new york oh. people are so
0: you have a little chutzpah in you
1: they have chutzpah
0: yeah, yeah.
1: We can keep going. Uh I want to tell you something. I've done a lot of work in Canada. I did Last Druid there. I did Falling there with Viggo Mortensen out of Toronto. I did Gunfighter's Moon up there, directed by Larry Ferguson. And then I did Millennium for three years. So I I felt, I started to feel Canadian. I felt good. Yeah, no, it's a good feeling. The well, we are.
0: are a good country.
1: Yeah, we're good you people. Are.
0: You are.
1: You really are.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned all these things, that uh, your projects, that I was going to actually mention in another question. But since you already brought it up, let's just start with how you were able to sustain success since 1960. That in itself is a feat in the acting business. And I'd like mm-hmm. to know your secret to success.
1: Oh, No. Now you're now you're asking something that's almost impossible to answer because no, I've, done not. A, I've done almost 300 movies, so wow. it's like it, it just seemed natural, a very natural movement from one era to another, you know, and from one script to another. But I I love it so it, it it's not like a, it's not like a job it's more more like an evolution that I'm going to have to go through in order to play
0: somebody, you know? So, yeah. So what first attracted you to acting? What gave you the acting bug? Uh,
1: People. I, I love people. Yeah. I mean, and acting opens the door to a much more intimate relationship with other actors, with directors, with all these people, you know, and, and, uh, I started out shining shoes in New York. I mean, that's my first job where I made money and my mother was a waitress, so I brought in the extra money. And then I went and saw a lot of movies. So I would take a little percentage of that and go see a movie. And so I saw hundreds of movies and it kind of, it opened up my feelings of adventure, you know, so that's what really brought it on.
0: Well, I'm gonna share a little something with you too. So if you don't mind. Uh, oh, I think, no, it, I I think mind. it's great. And I, I, I really I really admire the fact that you're still working. And why do I admire that? Mainly because our society today, we don't see a lot of that, not only in the Hollywood frame, but but in in uh, in general. I mean, you know, most people in their 80s are either in Florida half the year playing golf or maybe living here uh, in a retirement home or something of that yeah. nature. Thank
1: you for lumping me in with all of that. Uh, no, I don't need to, like to do golf. that. In
0: fact, it's just the and opposite that you're able to enough. keep going. You're able to keep going. And I really admire that, that you, you don't stop and you even, you know, you even dabble now in, in, Art in the clay business too, and began selling that. I think it's fantastic that you keep doing that. And I guess what I really want to bring out, and it's really an honor of you, not to insult you, um,
1: is you, you know it, why don't you. we
0: see why don't we see more seniors doing this, and how can we see more seniors doing this? So the reason I ask you this is because you kind of remind me a little bit of my late dad, who actually um, had a business until he was like 90, 91 years old and never stopped because the moment he used to tell me, the moment I stop uh, is, you know, similar to you. I I don't see people. I don't, I feel like giving up, you know, he loved his work so much. He was actually, um, in the clothing business. So I want to, I want to ask you, like, how can we inspire others to be like you? And to oh,
1: keep going, that that's that's going to be by accident, you know. I I think that all the people that I've played over the years, the different characters and stuff, okay. I still have all the friends from those movies.
0: Oh, that's in, great. You know, they're in my life,
1: in my memory, in every way. So I don't feel, I don't feel I'm at death's door. Like oh, I don't mean
0: people, to apply that no, at all. No, no. I mean-
1: it's okay, it's okay but but I need to bring up the fact that we don't look at ourselves as having aged in any way. We don't until you forced to like if you get ill or you you know you can't you can't put your shoes on anymore. you know I mean that, that's I'm nowhere near that. Well, so some and I don't see myself that way you know I mean I, I see all living creatures as being, adventurers, because you don't want to obsess on when is it going to end. You don't, unless, I mean, we're, they're having a war right now in the Ukraine, which is really horrible and it's, and it's, it's pointless. And, and people are, are starting to feel their own vulnerability because of what's going on over there. I mean, they're killing women and children and they're, they're doing horrible things, but anyway. I didn't mean to get into that, but the arts are full expression of who we might want to be, who we are, and and we have comparisons all over the place of who we are, and you're constantly doing it as an actor. You're you're embodying another personality, another another energy, you know. I, I think it's kept me very... Uh, I can't say young, but I can say agile.
0: I think it's great. I think it's a phenomenal thing. I wished I would see more people doing that really was my point that I'd like to see Uh, more seniors continuing to work in their chosen area that they love, whether they're an actor or not. And that we should support that.
1: They have a lot of knowledge. I mean, it's
0: correct. 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 I'd like to see more of it so did you ever think when you started out you know i'm going to become famous in the genre of horror and sci-fi no No? how did that happen
1: it it happened um like all of this how do i know what my next film is going to be Mm -hmm. i have a couple of offers right now and i know they might pan out and they might not you know depending Mm -hmm. on money on everything. Mm-hmm. But so I've always lived, I have a wonderful manager. Um, and she keeps the, the whole thing focused because I'm I'm a little bit uh, I, I'm like a dancing horse. We're gonna talk about that, bring on yes, the dancing yes.
0: horse. Yes, yes I'm we
1: are. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know and and that, I've done some in, amazing movies lately. I did a, The Artifice Girl. It's mm. a, guy, a guy named Franklin Rich, wrote it and directed it and he's in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it. And it was probably one of the nicest experiences I've ever had and that was recent. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know how it's gonna go. Like when, when you meet a guy, you don't know how that's gonna go. It could, you know, you could, you you know, you move around and you, you start noticing things and, that you like or maybe don't like, you know, I mean, whatever. But it's like, that's what life is. It's not, there's no uh, set of railroad tracks that I went down
0: mm-hmm. to do But that. you were able to carve that niche in, in sci-fi. Was it? Was it because, well, you know, you got cast in one role, sci-fi and horror, and then the next role came along in the same uh, type of, Um, Well, remember, when you
1: go into the 80s, there was a lot of uh, new kinds of films being made, like with Jim Cameron, Alien. Mm -hmm. There was an Alien, but there was also Aliens, which was a completely different uh, to me, uh, rhythm and and kind of expression. I, I, I see it all as, a you know, like a painting. I mean, there are a lot of these directors, especially Jim Cameron and other people, that are artists and they're original. Artifice Girl is one of the most uh, original things I've ever worked on. It really is.
0: So you've been critically acclaimed recently for a dramatic role. I think you started to talk a little bit about it. Uh, well, there's, there's two thrillers, which... Uh, You just mentioned aliens and bring in the dancing horses and then falling was the dramatic role. So was it a departure for you to move away from horror and sci-fi to do drama?
1: Because I've never stopped living. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not like you unplug, go into a a zombie mode and plug it back in and now you're able to do it. It's not like. Right. I, I, I so, have a whole bunch of uh, memories stored up in me that I use, lots of them, you know, I'm, I've been alive for a long time, 80 years, Shit, yeah. that went fast, you know.
0: And uh, is there something that you've always wanted to do that you didn't get a chance yet to play, like maybe a love story or a comedy?
1: Oh yeah, I love all of those things. I've done moments of comedy and just about mm-hmm. everything I've done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean I love comedy. I love I love uh, how people react.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean I love watching other people when I'm acting. I'm I mean I buy them. I buy it. Let's go, let's have
0: mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now also you do a lot of voice uh voiceovers and you did some gaming, video gaming, and also yeah. live animation. Is, is any of that harder to do than traditional acting?
1: No, none of it's hard.
0: No? no none none
1: of, it. of it's hard. No, and there, there, there is an exhaustion factor in acting
0: mm-hmm.
1: where after you've been on a movie for a couple of months, you're tired and you want to leave that movie at your doorstep. You know, mm-hmm. Don't bring it into the house. It's just Get back to life, you know. I mean, so, but, but it's all an adventure. I mean, every bit of it, every bit of it. You're meeting Mm -hmm. new people and new circumstances and new scripts and all of those things. Those, those are what keep us alive.
0: But what are some of the things like that make you say yes to one script and no to another?
1: Well, it has, I've said no to more now. Than I did before,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. I but, mean, but why? Why do you
0: say no? Like, what is your determining factor to say yes or no to a script?
1: How ex How explosive something is, how how um, how well written it is, because I can I can sniff out bad dialogue better than a basset hound. I mean, really, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's like a. Those are the things that prompt you to want to do it. You know, want to do your. Uh, good writing and and good ideas. And if the ideas are not there and the writing is not good, then you want to kind of back away from it because I mean, I can't just do anything.
0: And how did you become interested in art, clay art, to be specific? I've been doing that
1: since 1960.
0: Oh, as well. But recently you turned it into a business and start selling selling oh, uh, I guess some you
1: know, of it recently something happened where I decided I'm going to let people see this stuff I can't hoard it you know I want them to see oh it.
0: so you wanted to showcase it yeah yeah. but you've yeah. actually been doing it for a number of years
1: Which, oh my whole life I mean mm-hmm. it's 1960 my first first time I got invited up to um, Bennington school for girls, to to work in their pottery shop because that's how it all started. I had sculpted a life-size bull out of plaster and found objects, and I had that in my kitchen. And one of the professors came with a friend that, that I knew, and she said, what made you do this? And I said, because I enjoy it. That's what made me do it. She said, would you like to come up to Bennington? And I knew it was a girls' school. So I was quite excited about going up there. I'd never been to college. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then I started working in that pottery, but it it took me almost two months before I made a (laughs) plate, And then I went home. But then I was hooked. I was hooked. So
0: So does your acting schedule allow you much time to keep making pottery?
1: I have a 5,000-square-foot studio that I work on alone. Oh, no lovely. it works there with me. I work oh,
0: with very me. nice.
1: And my house is only, I think, 4,000, 3,000 square feet, something like that. Well, that's,
0: not, know. that's not too shabby. It's you know, a good size.
1: Me, you can tell which is of more importance when you look at the buildings. I mean, they're different.
0: You definitely have that creative uh, aspect. So I have a couple more questions for you. Um, Mm. What advice would you give to a young actor starting out today? And would you steer them away maybe from um, becoming too well-known in one particular genre for fear of typecast?
1: I I started off more primitive than that. I mean, I really... You know, I tried different acting teachers and some of them I thought were full of baloney and, and then others that were really good. And then I went around the actor's studio and they they made me an observer because I had to audition for it. And but anyway, all of the places that I went snooping out, what what do I need to know? That's that's early on. That's probably. And then That's you, your advice: is to make you, sure yeah, that you, you know you end up taking more chances, and you end up learning more at a very fast rate because you got to be on your toes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I only went to three years of grammar school, mm-hmm. so I didn't. I didn't. When I started acting, I could hardly read. Right. I mean, really. So I had to overcome that one, mm-hmm. but I made a lot of friends, and they were patient with me.
0: <laughs> have you ever thought about actually teaching a class in acting
1: no any no more than i would want to teach pottery no, no. okay oh uh, something some things you have to contain okay you know i mean i think when i have a conversation like with you mm-hmm. uh, i i'm i'm sort of giving you nuggets of everything that makes me who i am and, and that's
0: what i'm happy to hear
1: yeah, I want to
0: you know. have a conversation, a real conversation. Yeah,
1: I know, I know, and that's what I do too, always do. Uh, end up getting into all kinds of areas, but but there's there aren't a lot of secrets out there. There's a lot of, I don't know. Sometimes I think la- lazy people, and because they never they never directly go. Front of me and said, If you do this, it's really going to work. Only the directors do that because they're trying to survive. They want their movie to be good. So, but I, I learned all the way along. I mean, I, I've done a lot of films and a lot if of You other. have
0: over 300 projects. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about some upcoming projects you, you will soon have um, released? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Artifice Girl is coming out, I think. Um, bring on the Dancing Horses, which I would love doing.
0: Mm-hmm. What made it special for you?
1: Uh, Kate Bosworth and Michael Pollan. He, he's probably the bravest uh, director I've ever worked with because he trusts his intuition. And I can tell. I mean, I can see by what we did. It was great. It was great to work on but again, it's not about starring in a movie, it's about being in a movie and doing, yeah. doing, doing the amount of work that you're gonna be doing. It's in the script, you know, and you just say, okay, I can, I can, I can uh, uh, throw myself into this. And other scripts, you can imagine how many young script writers think that their script is like, baddest script in the world and then somebody that knows them goes, I think you I think you're wasting your time. I'm sorry to say that. Uh That exists too.
0: Well, of course it does. It does in every profession. Not just acting and not just producing and not just directing and not just writing, right? Right. There's good, there's the good and the bad, the creme de la creme and the not so creme de la creme. You
1: know, there's bad farmers, there's bad A lot of bad politicians. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's every every kind of profession has its good, bad, and the ugly. I mean,
0: Correct. Correct. So, I want to ask you one other question, and that is: all these years you've been scaring your viewers or the audience, what scares you? Um, uh,
1: being eighty. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I don't think so. You already no, told me your adventure. No. <sighs>
1: It'll all happen to all of us. So, but there's so much going on in the world right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I really felt like maybe this is it, it is a transition. It's changing mm-hmm. uh, the corona knocked people out of out of socket for two years or more, actually. Uh-huh. More. A lot of people passed away from it, and was I was dead. never afraid of that because I got all my shots and mm-hmm. they did everything and I a water mask and, I, and uh, I'm still here and I'm in that age zone where a lot of people don't have enough physical defenses. You know, mm-hmm. I I do because I've stayed in shape and
0: I kind mm-hmm. of,
1: I've still gotten old though. I'm getting. Oh, older.
0: you've gotten better.
1: Oh oh okay
0: we get better we improve with age right
1: yeah i mean we are what we are you know i look like an old sailing ship now
0: so is there anything though that truly does scare you the way that you in the same vein let's say if you were watching a horror movie and perhaps you were watching uh Jason or uh, Freddy Krueger or any oh, of those I, I horror agree. characters. Does, does, do they? How would you be scared by them, or would you?
1: No, uh, I don't get scared. But but what I do is I get offended. Like there's a lot of stuff on the internet that is like all violence, all killing, 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 and I I don't like that. I mean, I don't I don't get entertained by people getting killed. Or do I,
0: just, I. Unfortunately, we do see that in a lot of these sci-fi yeah. games and video games. It can be very violent. I'm I'm not really a fan of that, to be honest with you. Wow. I've never been able to stomach that much horror yeah. or sci-fi I
1: because I, I had
0: know. a very bad experience as a very young child. So I was never really able to take it. I always got very frightened and ran away.
1: Too much, um, Too much Pardon? More. Too much murder.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I'll share this with you. Um, at the age of six, I was shown a Holocaust film of things that went on in the camps. And uh, like dead body, you name it, right? I mean, I don't know why I was shown this at six years old. I think it happened um, because, no, I, I was... I was at um, an event at. I'm Jewish, and we grew up in a small town in eastern Ontario. And there was like something in the synagogue, and they were showing this, and somehow I saw it. I was six years old, wow. and and it left a terrible impression on me. I remember oh, that's that very
1: bad, man. That's yes, as
0: as, as I watched it, I dropped a plate because I was that scared, and I was never able really to watch. Kind of anything too hoary or sci fi after that. Even, you know, borderline some thrillers I won't watch either because it, it, it bothers me. It sets something off of me. But I do have an appreciation for it because um, I don't think it's an easy thing to really play. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe.
1: Well, you were watching a documentary.
0: Yeah, I was watching a documentary. Oh, but different. I mean, I understand it's different, but it's not. I don't think it's easy. It's an easy thing to play um, an alter ego, so to speak. That's, you know, very frightening or very um, mean. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it has no, some fun true. elements to it. True. It's
1: not in your nature to do that.
0: No, it's not. It, no, it can't, I, mean, I don't, I don't like I see
1: it. violence now they're taking like I'm an onion and they're peeling off one layer at a time. And it me after a couple of minutes, it gets raw. I mean, especially the way they're doing it now, they're, you know. I mean, I like, I like uh, a guy that's in some violent films like with, uh, you know, there are some where you have a really good guy who has had a past and, he, and all of this and, and bad guys try to take advantage of him, and he doesn't let them do it. You know, like there's, there's some guys that, uh, that are very good at that. You know, it has a righteous feeling, not just the slaughter. It's not slaughter that entertains me at all.
0: Right, like the chainsaw massacre or anything like that, the Texas chainsaw massacre. Yeah, no,
1: I can't go for that.
0: I, I don't, I, I guess my point is, I don't go for that either, but yet you know other people love these kind of things and they think it's great entertainment. I guess I, I my point is where do we draw the line, because there's been studies psychological studies that show that certain things like that can actually provoke people to do evil things or.
1: Oh, absolutely. Out.
0: absolutely. Yeah. So where do we draw the line. Oh.
1: You're asking me.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, you'd you're a seasoned get... professional in this arena. I
1: right? know, but you have to get me into the into Congress to talk about what I think violence is. And you know, I mean, and I would I would use the moment to really say it like I feel it. But it's it's there's never been a time when we haven't been at war. I mean, it might be a couple of year period after the Second World War and then after the Korean War and then after the Vietnam War and then, but we've been at war on this planet forever. It's no surprise to me, but when are we gonna kind of realize that we might be snuffed out, all of us, if we don't stop this stuff, you know, I mean, it's- Yeah,
0: especially now with with the- with a threat of a nuclear war, too, because Putin has threatened that, you know, that's even scarier.
1: I know, then, but there's got to be a threshold where they won't even
0: allow him to cross. Well, I hope so soon enough from your so. lips to God's ears. Yeah. Okay, so as we round out this interview, I do have one last question for you, and sure. we're going to make it a little more um, less heavy, less heavy. Less okay, heavy. Yeah. Tell oh,
1: side so, uh, yeah.
0: tell us something about you that you know you find fun or a fun fact or something we don't know about you
1: Oh okay <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think there's a, there's more than one kind of potter but I love pottery and there's a reason and the reason is experimentation without experimentation nothing nothing really grows. It, you know. If you made the same pot over and over and over again, then you, you, know, you may be a wonderful laborer, but you'll, you'll not have pottery that you hold close to your bosom, which is, what's going to happen if I do this, this, and suddenly this? See what happens. And you're dealing with fire, earth, you're dealing with time and temperature, all of those things. And so it keeps me so intrigued that I'm never bored. I'm never bored.
0: That is fabulous. Yeah, That is really great. I'm, I'm glad that you are able to live a rewarding life and that you keep getting roles. I think it's amazing. And I wish you only good things. That's very and... sweet.
1: Thank you. It's <laughs> You're a great welcome.
0: Yeah, so we're we're a little bit out of time now, and I do have to say goodbye, but before I do, I have to thank my audience for joining us today, and uh, please remember to like, and comment, and share all our posts with your family and friends. You will find us literally all over the internet, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Google, YouTube. And the list goes on. And on the podcast side, you'll find us on iHeartRadio, Apple, Anchor, and Buzzsprout and BuzzFeed and so many more. In fact, for a complete listing of where you can watch and listen to us, please hop on over to www.jennetteburke.com. You will see the Jeanette's TV and podcast section right there. It will show you a list of where you can watch us and where you can listen to us. And of course, that link will also be in the description below. Thanks again for sharing your time with us today. This is Jeanette Burke, your sign, your host, Jeanette Burke, your host, signing off. And until next time, remember to be fabulous. Bye for now. There you go.